0: Along with uh, Camaro Dave and Commander Chris, coming to you from our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, the beef, beef the way nature intended. Uh, and I can vouch for that because I've eaten a lot of it. And uh, also Gunter Wilhelm knives for great uh, balance. And, and I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sereneness in the kitchen. I would recommend you try Gunter Wilhelm knives. And they're
1: beautiful. They're I've they're great them. knives. I love, yeah. I love those knives.
0: Um it's Easter. How about that? It's also my wife's birthday tomorrow, so I, I guess I better be on my toes. But my good friend and a very good friend of the show, the amazing meathead from AmazingRibs.com. We're going to be talking ham lamb and Memphis today. Welcome. Ah, good to be with you. Yeah, I those
1: those um Gunther Wilhelm knives, um, wicked sharp. They, they 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 um ship them with a I think it's a fifteen degree. Blade, yeah, instead of the standard twenty-one, which is really thinner and more sharp than
0: your standard. Uh, I really, I'm, am I'm impressed with them. I got, in fact, I got a cut right here from one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been using them on all my TV segments, and I've, and you know what's really nice is, I was doing um, some stuffing, slicing, doing something, and I just cut across this big piece of beef, and it just flayed out so nice one one stroke you know yeah. it wasn't no sawing motion or anything like that it was just right through it and it was just they're perfect really... and they're pretty i mean they have some of the prettiest handles in the business yes and they're and the tang goes back in there you know and it balances i think he calls it a triple tang it's not just a single tang that goes all the way
1: back but it's kind of a a t shape it's got a tang that goes horizontally through there also
0: yeah um, I'm not being paid to say this, by the way. <laughs> yeah, me either. But it's it's all good. So um, let's talk some ham here, and, and Meathead, because you know, I know, there's different types of ham. And when I say that, there's hams from the back, hams from the shoulders, and there's also different ways that they uh, cure hams like that. I think people when they think of ham, they go to the store and they get, you know, a honey baked spiral sliced or something like that. And that's kind of their version of ham, which is fine. It's wonderful stuff. But there's a huge variety to choose from and work with.
1: Yeah, um I I think that for the sake of discussion, um we can easily divide them into two major categories, what they call city hams and country ham. Yeah. Um, But then once you start getting into the detail, um, you find that there are subcategories like prosciutto, prosciutto de palma, um, uh, speck. uh, And these are basically the ham technically is from the hind leg. And it's a a trumpet shape, if you will. It's Mm
0: -hmm.
1: wide at the hip and narrow at the knee. And, uh, uh, as it comes from nature, it is raw meat with a bone in it. And it often has something called an H bone, which is part of the uh, hip bone. And it's wonderful. Just, um, smoke, um, you can take this raw ham or they sometimes call it green ham and, 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 and just salt it and smoke it or put a rub on it and that, or you can slice it and, uh, Cutting through the bone ain't easy. Uh the butchers use a uh a special either a handsaw or, mecha- or or you know machine saw to get through those sure. bones. And you, you you see them in the store they're they're um kind of oval shaped with that little um bone in the center that's uh a a, a, a round shape with uh, the marrow visible. We used to when I was a boy scout we made the uh, uh scarf ties out of that out of those yeah they were great <clears throat> uh, and and those things can be grilled up nicely um but typically they're cured and technically curing is the process of treating meat with a preservative uh sodium nitrite or sodium nitrite and sodium nitrate we'll we'll just call it sodium nitrite prog powder number one is the commercial name for it and it turns it pink and that's why the hams that you see in the store in general are bright pink. Um, they've been treated with this um, curing agent and uh, it changes their color. And as the same curing agent that you, that's used on hot dogs that's used on um, uh, corned beef. Uh, if you've <laughs> been to Disney world and had those big perky legs, oh, yeah. that everybody loves, they're all cured with this uh, prog powder, number one. And uh it, 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 it gives it that bright pink fl- color and a different flavor. And, um, now a, a lot of the hams out there are not cured with prog powder like prosciutto. Um, mm-hmm. this is a ham that's just been treated with salt for, and it's co- covered with salt, completely covered with salt and, uh, left to age in a cool cellar for a minimum of a year or two. And, uh. They're called crudo because they're they're technically raw meat, um, but it, with the salt preserves the meat and, of course, gives it great flavor. Sure. So there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. Um, this, the city hams are the ones that most of us buy in the grocery store. They're bright pink. They've been cured. Uh, many of them, most of them have already been cooked, already smoked. So all you have to do is warm them up. And if you want, put a glaze on it. Most of us do. The country hams are um, the ones that are usually um, lightly smoked and uh, they don't have um, the cure on them. And those are your classic old Virginia ham. Uh, they're they're also made extensively
0: in Kentucky and throughout Europe. Yeah, and those are the ones that when I was a kid, literally I could see those hanging yep. in the smokehouse at my grandpa's place. Yeah. And uh, they were great. They yeah. were they were great, uh, they, but uh, they, they came about because hogs generally the
1: way they're raised, they mature in the in the fall. So they're slaughtered in the old days. They were sure. slaughtered um, in late fall or winter so that they could be hung in the smokehouse. Smoking does preserve them. They can be treated either with a cure or with salt or both. And then they would last all winter in the cool cellar. So you could have ham
0: or pork in spring and summer. Mm -hmm. We had side pork. Did you ever have side pork when you were a kid? Side pork? Yeah, it's when they left the rind on the bacon, and it was it is tough and chewy. But we used to fight over the side pork. Oh yeah, because it was kind of like eating cracklings in a way, but it was really good. But that was more like
1: eating football.
0: Kind of, kind of, <laughs> <Pink skin. laughs> but we were young and tough and our teeth were good. So, you know, it was like that. And I was going to say, if you know, if you want me to ever do something, offer me prosciutto. I will follow you anywhere oh, yeah. for yeah. some prosciutto because I yeah, love that we've got stuff some in the fridge right now. It's kind of nice. I have been
1: my grocer. My local grocer has been selling prosciutto in small packages. Uh, you used to have to buy a pretty big hunk, mm-hmm. and it was very hard. You, you, you shave it thin, and we love it on pizza. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Any place you would use bacon, it's uh-huh. really good. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, there is this tradition in uh, our country for ham or lamb on Easter. Right. And um, uh, most people will buy the ham in the grocery store, which is cured and smoked. Right. So it's already safe. And all you have to do is warm it to 145 degrees. And usually it says that on the package. Or you can just pop it in the oven. But I got a tip for you guys. What I I like to do is I like to take that ham. It's already cured, already right. smoked. But I put it back on the smoker and double smoke it.
0: Ooh. Um,
1: it, it. It goes in there cold. I want to bring it up to 145. So I bring it up to 145 with smoke, too. And that double smoke, it has a different flavor than the, the smoke that has been on the meat since it was packaged. And it has a fresher, brighter flavor. And it's really wonderful. And then you hit it with a glaze. Yeah. I'm nice fond of peaches or apricot glazes. On AmazingRibs.com, I've got the recipe for this double smoked ham
0: with an apricot glaze. And it's just marvel. You're making me hungry. Of course, we always get hungry when we talk to each we other. Do. But we but that is without getting hungry. I know. But it's really because I'm a, you know, I know I'm the cowboy cook and all that stuff. But I'm a real ham fan. That's mm-hmm. not even a something that rhymes. But I am a ham fan <laughs> there. Well, and right uh,
1: ham. I mean, raise yeah, your hand. Yeah. I don't see anybody's hands up?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's really good in the glaze. And you know, it's so simple. If people don't cook, or, or they don't. Obviously, very few people do what you and I do, uh, you know, on a daily basis. But they should be comfortable getting one of those there. And if they've got questions, usually the guy at the meat counter will help them out and say, Mm -hmm. you know, do this, do that. And you can buy them already, uh, you know, spiral cut if you if that's what you like, Mm -hmm. or you can cut them yourself. Um, Spiral cut is really convenient because you get nice even slices. Right. But because
1: there's a lot of air between those slices. They tend to dry out a little fast. They do. Um, Now, you can get your glaze down into the slices, which can give it a little nice sweetness if you want, or a glaze with vinegar and sweetness is fun. But I prefer to get it unsliced. It's a little bit of a pain to slice it because you have that thigh bone running through it. True. But um, you just (laughs) struggle through. What I tend to do is I just cut the top half and put a bunch of cuts like I was a spiral cutter and then just slide the knife across the top of the bone. So you get a half moon instead Mm -hmm. of a complete spiral. Then you flip it over and do the same thing on the other side. Um, It's not hard. And then you can, you know, you can put a big thick slice for Uncle Harry, who likes it thick and thin slice for Aunt Mildred, who likes it
0: thin. Yeah, and you can use your Gunter Wilhelm knives to make those (laughs) scores in there like that. Meathead and I are going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back and we're going to be talking some more ham and some more lamb right after this. Please stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and we're talking with Meathead today. If you'd like to send us an email, it's really easy. You can just go to the, the website. Barbecue Nation JT, then there's an icon there. You can click on that. It'll send me a message, or you can go info at cowboycook.com, or you can go Facebook and Twitter and all those things. God, we're out there on a bazillion platforms, and uh, it's not too hard to find us. So um, my good friend Meathead is with us today again. I always like the holidays. Meathead and I made this pact a few years ago that he's going (laughs) to be on the holiday shows, So, and it's worked out really well. We get to celebrate. We do get to celebrate like that. So when we were talking off the air, you know, we were talking about, if you will, country hams and city hams. Uh, We kind of started the show that way. And you had some more comments about uh, country hams.
1: Yeah, well, I was just describing some uh, ways to handle um, city ham, which is already cured and already cooked. And that's the vast majority of what you find in the grocery store. Sure. But you might find um, country ham or you might find. catalog or a uh, artisan who's offering country ham and it's different it is usually um, a raw ham that is packed in salt and very heavy thick salt coating but no preservative and it is hung and it gets a unique flavor kind of funky Mm -hmm. Um, it takes a couple of years it dehydrates quite a bit um, the process of handling it, they sometimes have to cut, coat the bare skin with some fat. They they leave the rest of the skin on the ham so it's protected from the air by pig skin. Um, and it has a different flavor. And um, often it is soaked before it's cooked. Often you'll take this um, ham and get a big tub and either with the skin on or you remove the skin. You soak it in water to draw out some of the excess salt before you cook it. Or you can slice it and soak the slices. But it can be quite salty. And be prepared. Not everybody's going to like that flavor. It is, um, you know, in, in Europe and in Asia in particular, aging meats is quite common. Um, and you get, if you've been to Chinese restaurants, you may recognize that smell. Um, It it is an aroma of aged meat. Uh, Not everybody likes it. Uh, It's not. But in Europe and
0: Asia, it's very popular. Yes, it's very common. And the other thing is, and you touched on this briefly when you I mean, I know one pound equals one pound. But on those hams that you were just talking about, when you when you open up the package with them, there's going to be a lot of fluid in the bottom of the package a lot of times. Because they're they're constantly kind of draining and like you said shrinking and dehydrating a bit because there is so much fluid in them. like that just a little heads up for people who yeah, haven't that, dealt with it's them it's important to point out that fluid is water it's yeah. it's not
1: blood um, the blood's been all removed at the slaughterhouse it, it it it's just water it's got a little pink tint to it from a protein called myoglobin which is pink um, and uh, you just chuck it because it's going to be
0: salty. Yeah, it's not something you want to try to make gravy out of or something like no. that because it's that's not going to work out really well for you, like that. Um, when you're cooking them, and I know you've got some great recipes for this on amazingribs.com, but any little tips or tricks you can give people when you're when you're doing the country hams?
1: Well, I mean, I, I'll, I, it, traditionally in the South, um, it is it is fried in a pan, mm-hmm. and of course they make. Gravy, um, often uh, you know, red-eye gravy. Red-eye gravy, yeah. Like that, um, which has got coffee in it, hence the nickname red-eye. Um, and I've got some recipes for all of these things on amazingribs.com. Um, but um, it, it's really nice grilled. Um, I, If I have a country ham, I will take the skin off um, because the skin um, inhibits the um uh, the brining or that rather the the soaking which debrines or desalinates um and I'll set the skin aside and I will make cracklings out of those skins and cracklings that you make at home are, can be really good better than the stuff you get in the bag and again I have recipes for doing that um and then I'll soak it and uh, I'll cut it into thick slices mm-hmm. and grill it and You you serve it with mashed potatoes or biscuit and gravy, uh, red eye gravy.
0: Um, I like biscuits and gravy with it a lot. You're you're um, you could have grown up at my house. (laughs) One of my mom and now we're talking hams here, but my mom always would fix chicken biscuits and gravy. What there was a holiday and it was um, or Sunday morning breakfast. That's what she did. What are chicken biscuits? No, no, just chicken biscuits oh, and gravy. Chicken with biscuits, biscuits and, and gravy. gravy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, vi- I'm in because vi- I, cause I I'm, any kind of biscuit I love. I've had every kind of biscuit. I've never had a chicken biscuit. I'm thinking, <laughs> I gotta try this. <laughs> no, she'd make that. She'd make these big old fluffy biscuits and and she made great pan gravy. You know, um, it was it was biscuits imp- seem to go well with ham. Yes, uh, it, it, it I don't know if it's a tradition at Easter
1: with a lot of families, but. I like to serve biscuits and they're not hard to make, no. you know, there's a bazillion recipes and they're all titled the ultimate biscuit, <laughs> you know, and they all have <laughs> one thing, you know, first of all, uh, um, buttermilk is nice, but it is not necessary. It, 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 the, the impact on the end result is minor. Um, right. The, the, the one thing that I really think is crucial in making biscuits is when you roll out the dough, is you you fold it several times, mm-hmm. and that makes it flaky. And again, I've got some technique and recipes on my ultimate biscuit recipe, <laughs> but um, it's a very simple. The other the other trick that really works well is is you freeze the butter, and then you take it and you sh- grate it on a box grater, so you have these shreds of butter like you would shredded mm-hmm. cheese, and that makes these little pockets. Uh, in there that are really um, luscious. And uh, those are the two tricks that I share on uh, my biscuit recipe. I don't use buttermilk. Um, you can, uh, but it, it never really felt necessary to me. I've tried them side by side. And it, as I say, the difference is minor. But shaving the butter and folding the, the, folding the dough, the dough. Yeah. to get layers of flakiness really is the way to go. And I make square biscuits because when you punch round biscuits, You've got all those interstitial shapes that you don't know what to do with, and you ball them up, and now you're handling them a lot more. So I just um, put them in a in a baking pan
0: and cut them in squares, yep. and they're fantastic. Meathead and I are going to take a break. We got to come back here on uh, Barbecue Nation in just a minute. Please stay with us. If you're enjoying JT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm J.T., and we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. If you ever get a chance... Try some if you I know this show goes clear across the country. And so not all the areas carry Painted Hills Natural Beef, but you can buy it online, too. Um, And it's wonderful stuff. So go to their website, Painted Hills Natural Beef. There's a store locator or some things that they um, have online that they can sell you. Also, Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Meathead and I both say they're great knives. So you can take that to the bank. Actually, just buy some knives from Gunnar Wilhelm, and then we'll all be good. Um, you can you can contact us, info at thecowboycook.com. And we are talking with Meathead because it is Easter this weekend. And um, we've been talking ham, but one thing we don't talk enough about is lamb. I know you like lamb. I like lamb. And uh, we've talked about it a few times over the years on the show, but we've never really kind of done a deep dive on it. I think when most people think of lamb, they either think of, you know, lamb chops, which are pretty small, and or a leg of lamb, which really, you know, if you're talking pretty big, pretty big, um, you know, more bang for the buck with a ham versus a lamb leg, yeah. But it's dang good, the lamb is. Let's okay. Now the expert here on lamb cooking, uh, (laughs) lamb legs, lamb shanks, that type of thing. Tell us how to do it.
1: Well, I, I, you know, I, 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 like to say if you placed me equidistance between a rack of lamb and a uh, beef prime rib, I would die of starvation trying to decide which one to eat. Um, <laughs> it's the same cut. Um, a rack of lamb is the same cut as a a, a prime rib roast off of a, a steer or a or yeah. cattle. Yeah. Um, but it, the animal is much smaller, so each bone think of a bone in ribeye or a tomahawk ribeye each rib bone on a steak can be an inch and a half to two inches thick right on a lamb um it may be a half inch thick um so what i recommend is is you get an um a rack of lamb which is almost always eight bones and you cut it into two bone sections, double wide Mm -hmm. now with two bone sections you get at least an inch thick, maybe an inch and a half thick. And what I like to do is snap one of the bones off, so it's like a lollipop. <laughs> and, uh, and and because you eat it with, I eat it. You know, who needs a knife and fork? No, yeah, just pick it up, it up and eat bone it. And yeah, snack. On. It's maybe four or five bites, but it's really tender. You got to now. You want to remove as much of the fat from lamb as you can. I, I, you know, there's a lot of people out there who love to eat beef fat and pork fat because they have. Wonderful, rich flavors. Lamb fat is just kind of weird. It's not the tastiest fat of all. So I remove almost all the fat. When you get a rack of lamb and you remove most of the fat, you're down to, you've just removed about a third of the weight. And it's not cheap to buy a rack of lamb, <clears throat> but it really makes a difference. And then you can season it. And the traditional seasoning seasonings for lamb are um, rosemary and garlic. Um, And one of the things I like to do if I cut them in a a chop, like we just discussed, is I give them a little bit of a uh, soak in some balsamic vinegar with rosemary and garlic and no more than 15 minutes or so is all you need. And then you just grill it hot fast. Bring it up to 130, 135, which is medium rare. Or if you want, push it up to 140 where it'll be pink. But don't push it much further than that. And I got to tell you, there's an awful lot of people who say, I just don't like lamb. And that's because they haven't had it cooked right. Now, I know you've heard that said before. sure. But if you if you if you'll give this a try, cook it to medium rare, sear the snot out of it on a hot grill, um, season it lightly with uh, garlic and uh, uh, rosemary and salt. Um, and uh, let me know if, if, if you still don't like lamb. I think a lot of people have had mutton, mm-hmm. which is a mature sheep. And the flavor of mutton can be gamey, but young lamb is not the, not in the least bit gamey. If you love beef, young lamb is
0: right up your alley. And it's just wonderful. Oh, that's very true. Um, and I think your observation about um, mutton, uh, very true because my grandpa raised sheep. And once in a while, he'd try to sneak. He'd give us some, you know, packages of meat. And he'd try, my dad wouldn't eat them because he, you know, it was his father. He knew his tricks. And so when we had lamb, lamb chops, whatever, they were great. But the mutton was a little tough, a little gamey at at that. Different flavor. In 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 Western Kentucky, Kentucky was once the largest lamb
1: growing state in the union. Um, and in Western Kentucky, there are still a number of barbecue joints that take legs of lamb of mutton, not lamb legs of mutton. And they treat them like, um, we would treat a pork butt. Um, they all season it, throw it in the smoker and let it cook for 10, 12 hours. Uh, until it's um, 200 degrees internal. Now, remember, 155 is well done. Right. This is way past well done. And it takes that high a temperature to break down all the connective tissues and the fat Mm -hmm. and everything, the sinew. And um, this makes something that pulls apart like pulled pork, um, and they serve it with a black sauce, which is based on Worcestershire. And um, uh, it, 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 I found it okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even ask about it, but it's better than normal cooked mutton. And it's traditional in Western Kentucky, and you'll find it at, at places, most notably the Moonlight Inn. Yeah. I've got recipes for that too, including the sauce, the black sauce. I call it sunlight sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, 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 it's very similar to the Moonlight recipe and sauce. And if you've got some mutton on hand and you don't know what to do with it, uh, take a look at that recipe.
0: My uh, sister, I buy her um, lamb chops and uh, a leg of lamb for Christmas. That's what she likes. Yeah. And that makes my shopping real easy for her. Yeah. But that's what I get her for Christmas. And she's always, you know, there's never much under the tree for her, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, before she goes home, I grabbed the freezer bag and loaded up with stuff from the freezer. And she's a, she's a happy, happy person there. Um, you know, when I was in Brazil um, and they were, and I'm, and I always, no pun intended, butcher this name. Churrascaria or whatever. I've never gotten that right. Churrascaria,
1: I think. Yes. Churrascaria. But
0: they would come by and they would have, a leg of lamb on the skewer and they would just slice it off because everything mm-hmm. there is over an open fire in those ovens and they'll only cut it off until they kind of get down to the really pink part where, you know, it gives a perception of bleeding. They take it back and put it back in the oven. But the leg of lamb I had down there was just incredible because they used the salt and the garlic and the rosemary. They kind of made little um, cross cuts in in the lamb meat head and they stuff the garlic in the skin mm. and the salt. It was really incredible. It was Well that that's a technique that if you've
1: ever been to at one of these um the Argentinian churrascarias mm-hmm. in the United States or Brazilian the, the rotisserie cooking of a leg is common and the method you described and you could do this at home if you've got a rotisserie on your gas grill is you take a leg of lamb and you run the spear through it and you rotate it And when the outside is dark and crispy, you can take it off and you shave it Mm -hmm. um, with a very sharp knife. (laughs) he's talking about our friends over at Gunderville. He (laughs) has a really beautiful, thin, sharp knife. And you shave it, and and then you've exposed the uh, very rare or raw-ish meat, Mm -hmm. and you put it back on the rotisserie if you want. You sprinkle on some more seasonings cook it until it's nice and dark and brown and crispy and then shave some of that off. And it's great on a pita, um, uh, with uh, a yogurt sauce or just, uh, piled on your, uh, uh on your, uh, plate. Now
0: but I know, I know we're talking about, um, ham and lamb, but I wanted to throw this at you really quick. <laughs> when I was in Brazil, I'll, I'll buy you a, um, Single malt scotch next time I come into Chicago at a, at a bar and restaurant of your choice. If you can guess what was the most tender cut of meat that I had uh, there in Brazil that you never would have thought you would put in your mouth. Um, I, I, I give up. <clears throat> Brahma bull hump. Get out. True story. True story. There's gristle on the top of that hump, but they trim that off and they roast it on, just like we were talking about the leg of lamb and stuff. And they cut that off and they put it on my plate. And it's, of course, it's a little show that they do in these places. And they kind of walk behind you and stand there and you eat this and you go, my God, that was so wonderful. What was it? And they come up and they put their arm around your shoulder and they say, that was Brahma bull hump. And my reaction was a little more voracious than yours there, but pretty close. Oh, my goodness. And it was just terrific. Of course, that's where I discovered tri-tip, too, was in Brazil. This was long, many years ago. and uh, But I'll never forget that, that I ate Brahma bull hump. And being an old cowboy, I thought, God, that's just going to be tougher than a boot. And it wasn't. It was delightful. When you think
1: about it, it's not a muscle that works.
0: No. I I mean,
1: okay, I mean, this is is obvious to meatheads like you and me. (laughs) But um, to your listeners who are are trying to figure out, I constantly get asked, what's a tender cut of meat? Um, And the answer is a a muscle that doesn't work hard. Right. Um, And so, of course, on most four legged animals, the tenderloin is the most tender because it, 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 it doesn't work hard. It's not pumping legs. It's not holding the back up. Um, it, 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 mm-hmm. it, it's not, you know, the chest or belly, uh, it, it's a s- strip of muscle right under the ribs and it just kind of lays there. It's really not doing much at all. So a hump I would think is just not working very hard. So yeah, it's probably very tender.
0: Meathead and I are going to take another break here. We're going to be back and wrap up the show. And of course he will be here for after hours. That's where we really get to talk about what we want to talk about. So stay with us. You're listening to Barbecue Nation on the Sun Radio Network. Hey everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. welcome back to barbecue nation i'm jt along with meathead today on the sun radio network uh one thing we didn't talk about but i wanted to make sure we got in was his meetup in memphis and i'm going to be uh, talking about this several times over the next few months for your folks this is a big educational barbecue party presented by meathead and uh, th- that'll be your intro line take it away boss <laughs>
1: Um, well you know there there's never been uh, an, that I'm aware of never been a nationwide conference for us backyard guys you know yeah there's a there's the national associate barbecue association has a really good conference for the trade unfortunately they had to cancel the last two years but um, you know us backyarders uh, uh, have never really had a chance to get together and uh, get some uh, demonstrations and so we've got um, three full days in Memphis, and uh, we're going to uh, have some fun demonstrations, some presentations, um, and uh, a lot of tastings and uh, a, a party or two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. And if it works, uh, uh, we'll uh, do it again in Kansas City. So uh, uh, if you want to know more about it, go to amazingribs.com. That's our website, slash Memphis. Amazingribs.com slash Memphis. And all the details are there, and there's a button you can click to register. We're staying at the Peabody Hotel, and the conference is at the Peabody, which is the wonderful, historic, classic hotel in Memphis. And uh, With duck sauce. And uh, we have some vacancies, so it's the last weekend in August. We hear from the experts that by that time, anyone who wants a shot can get one. That By that time, we should be approaching herd immunity. Of course, we will adhere to all of the federal, Tennessee state, Memphis city, and the hotel guidelines and procedures uh, to make sure everybody is
0: safe. But at that time, I think they're expecting that we ought to be able to safely gather. Do they make the ducks wear the masks when they come down the elevator? (laughs) (laughs) In case you folks don't know they
1: the uh, Peabody is famous they have a flock of ducks who uh-huh. live on uh, on the roof <laughs> and uh every day in the morning the ducks march from their cages down to the elevator um there is a, a duck master who is dressed to the nines and he herds them into the elevator they come down to the elevator of the lobby and they march along a red carpet and jump into the fountain in the middle of the lobby, spend the day paddling around, having a good old time, eating snacks. And then at five o'clock, they hop out, march back down the red carpet and up to the roof. It's just hysterical. And it's quite a sight. And they're going to let me be duck master. One oh, time. yay. And uh, yeah. I can't wait for that. Um, their restaurant at the Peabody has got a great reputation, except there's one serious lapse.
0: They don't serve duck. They don't serve duck. Yeah. (laughs) They don't serve duck. Yep. Well, and that's going to be a fun trip for everybody. Um, if you've never been to Memphis, if you've never, uh, all I can say is come hungry and thirsty. That- yeah, on Sunday we're going to have an event with uh, uh,
1: about ten of the best barbecue restaurants in the ballroom serving their specialties. So that should be a blast. Oh, it's going to be. While a- we were at break, yes, I took my old man memory lapse and double checked the cut of steak I was thinking of, which is so popular in uh, Brazil and Argentina, is the Pincana or oh, the bulot, oh, yeah. yes, which is from the top sirloin Mm -hmm. and um, you you'll see that at the brazilian and argentinian steakhouses it's sort of a c-shape with a pretty thick fat cap
0: and that fat cap is really it's an it's extraordinarily delicious i've i uh, actually had some uh in my freezer and i cut them up and um if you want to do the work and you can cut them into little square steaks they are phenomenal yeah. I'll I'll just put it that way. It's not necessary to do all that work, but we were fussing around one day. We're always experimenting with things. Yeah, we
1: were talking about lamb, and yes. there there were a couple other things. Have we got time to get a couple of more things about lamb, in? yeah, we got
0: about four minutes. So okay,
1: it's- I didn't mention um, lamb loin chops. Um, the we talked about the um, uh, the rack of lamb mm-hmm. and the chops you can make from that. Make them two two bones wide. But they also sell loin chops, which come from further back. Basically, they're T bones or porter houses. Um, and they look just like a steak T bone or porter house, only they're no bigger than your fist. Um, and they maybe an inch, inch and a half thick. And they are fantastic, really tender, really delicious. There's not a lot of fat on them, they don't need a lot of trimming. Just, um, uh, a sprinkle uh, a seasoning on them. Uh, we have a really good rub recipe for uh, lamb on amazingribs.com, um, and just grill them off. You got to go fast uh, hot and fast. And uh, uh, a normal adult can eat at least three of them, maybe four or five uh, if you're a big guy um, and they're absolutely scrumptious. And as far as the leg is concerned, um, we talked about doing them rotisserie and shaving it. But um, uh, you can also just roast it whole, and it, it's a big cut of meat, so you can't cook it over direct flame. It'll burn on the outside before it gets to a, a, a good temperature. Best thing you do is to roast them indirect or on a smoker where they're not getting exposed to um, infrared energy from flame or coals, and slow roast them. Um, you'll get a nice crust on them. Uh, bring them up to no more than 140 um, and they're fantastic. Like a ham, there's a bone running through it. And if you wish, you can ha- have your butcher bone them out for you so you can open it up and it's a big flap. And uh, I know people that like to stuff them with things like dried fruits, roll them up, tie them up, and boy, they're good.
0: You also do uh, you do these little fireside chats. And I want you to tell folks about those. We've we've got about 45 seconds left. So um, last Thursday, every month, live, 7.30 p.m. Central
1: Time. That's where I live um, on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitch. I do a live uh, session where I'll start for 10 or 15 minutes, talk about a, a particular topic, and then we open it up for questions. Usually get a good crowd and a lot of good
0: questions. And I've seen you in the audience a couple of times. I have been there. I have been there making faces and hand signs at you. You just <laughs> haven't seen that. Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. I will tell you folks, Amazing Ribs. There's a lot of good websites out there. There are. There's nothing like Amazing Ribs. Um, you can find the answer to most any barbecue or cooking related question, smoking, grilling, what have you. And his book right there. He's got the German version and the American version there, it looks like. <laughs> So um, there's some great resources there. And uh, I got a few seconds here. They're going to start with some seasonings and sauces, which has taken a long time for Meathead and his crew to develop. But they're going to be out very shortly. And we're going to keep you posted on that. For Meathead and myself, JT and Camaro Dave and Commander Chris and all those guys here at the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios, we hope you have a lovely Easter with your family and friends. And we wish you all a very good weekend.